Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. It's an emergency podcast as I bring in Rove McManus to discuss the final Jodie Whittaker episode of Doctor Who, The Power of the Doctor. My name is Justin Hamilton and I only just signed the lease here. At Big Squid. Hello and welcome to this emergency podcast about the last episode of Jodie Whittaker's Doctor Who. We're farewelling uh, a Doctor Who has been an interesting Doctor who has maybe not gotten the most exciting of stories. And to be honest, uh, this podcast that you're listening to now wasn't on my to-do list uh, because of work commitments and there were other podcasts coming out this week. And then I kind of suddenly realised that this last Doctor Who episode was happening this morning. And funnily enough, so did Rove. We kind of discussed this in the chat. So we thought, bugger it. We're going to throw caution to the wind. We're going to record this late on a Monday night. The thoughts are raw and not really thought through. This is all very much reactionary. We've had a long day. Rove's been busy with stuff. I've been busy with stuff. But I really enjoyed this episode with all of its flaws right there in front of me. I kind of didn't care. I had a really good time. So let's get right into this one. It's time to discuss the power of the Doctor. Hello, Doctor. Welcome to the end of your existence. A dozen of the world's leading seismologists have gone missing. Fifteen of the world's most valuable paintings have disappeared. Can I let you in on a little secret? A direct incursion on Earth is imminent. Has it never occurred to you that it could be a trap? This isn't a day you are erased forever. Bit of a conversation stopper. 
Anything could happen. I don't want it to end. Yes! Well, I'm just going to put this out there before we get into it. Uh, I haven't been the biggest fan of Chibnall's run overall. Uh, I, I thought there's been some good parts. I think there's been some good ideas, uh, but it overall has been relatively inconsistent for me. But I did really enjoy Jodie Whittaker. Uh, I kind of feel a little bit like it was like getting Roger Federer and giving him a stick and a beach ball and saying, show me how to play tennis, and you come away a little bit disappointed. It's not Roger's fault. He still had that beautiful swing. He still had beautiful footwork, but it just wasn't quite the right equipment. And I feel that's how Jodie's time on Doctor Who was. It was She was great. She just didn't quite have the right uh, equipment at her hands. And then this episode was kind of a mess and was kind of all over the place. But I have to say, I had a really good time. <laughs> yes, uh, I think I agree with all of that. I think she hasn't. She's done very well with what she has been given. Yeah. And and I had started to think about, geez, are we in the era where maybe we shouldn't just have one person in charge? We should have multiple uh, script writers and editors and yeah, one person can be the ideas person, but they shouldn't also be writing all the scripts and, and making all the decisions um, because sometimes if they're not necessarily the right decisions and this is just going on my taste, then sure. Then you, yeah, if, if everyone's happy, great. If you Kevin Feige at Marvel, great. But um, if it's not the right fit, which I think is where we're at with this, then unfortunately it just it can be a problem for the show. I would begin by saying I was just even on the Friday before, and depending on what part of the world you're in, it was either on the Sunday or the Monday that, that um, the episode was going out, I had to remind myself it was on. Oh, yes. Uh, um, and had a moment where I was talking with my wife about it and just saying about you and I recording this and when I would need to get to watch it. I even woke up this morning. We are recording this the day the episode went to where I woke up this morning and went, Oh, that's right. It's today. I was going to get up slightly earlier. So I've already watched it first thing. Went to bed last night, completely oblivious. And I was like, it's not only a regeneration episode, the big and I know you've done all the necessary spoilers because it's what you do with these. And also at this point, it's it's gone to air. But the big the big question was not only how does all this wrap up, it's a finale, it's a regeneration. We did not even know who she was going to regenerate into. Right. I had a thought of we might not even see a regeneration. We right. could just see the glow and, you know, so I'm happy we even got something. But the build-up to this was unbelievably minimal for what was meant to be a farewell to our longest-running modern actor in the role playing the Doctor, the end of an era for a showrunner. It's a regeneration and apparently is the BBC Centenary special and it was just nothing. And that, to me, was more disappointing before we even began there should have been so much enthusiasm and expectation uh, 
fan theorizing and all of that and instead it was just radio silence and i think that is as disappointing as anything for the jody whittaker era i completely agree with that i had completely forgotten that it was coming up and to the extent Mm. that like the reason we're doing an emergency podcast is because the last time that we talked about it which was ages ago we said oh yeah let's do that and then it was like there's four podcasts coming out this week now because of this. <laughs> because yeah. we're squeezing this in. And it was the same thing. Like last night, I had completely forgotten that it was happening this morning. And, uh, you know, I, I don't understand why this has happened. Is it was, was it trying to fit in with what the BBC wanted to celebrate their uh, production well, company? This or is, what was it? Yeah, this, is, this is, has been a big discussion with fandom. Has it been... Uh, the BBC and what their charter says they can and can't do? Is it because they still live in a very uh, old school linear way of doing things where you don't want to announce the time and date of your big special because someone else might program against it and it affects the rating numbers? You know, they're not a streaming service or you know, a film that's got an opening weekend to themselves. They're in a very competitive environment. So is it that's the way the BBC works? And then, of course, the timing of, well, the Queen dies and, and they're not allowed to broadcast anything else but but the funeral yeah. for 10 days. But even prior to that, there was, there was nothing. There wasn't even – there was a, a teaser trailer – in April, after the yeah. Sea Devils Easter special, there was like the next time trailer, and then we didn't get one to like the week before, which actually showed less. It was just sort of a hodgepodge of shots, which would normally be your teaser trailer because it's all yeah. here's all the action stuff without giving too much away. So it didn't make it any more exciting. And then this week leading up to it. They're suddenly, you know, spamming you with all sorts of clips and regeneration, you know, uh, look backs at all the other doctors. And they should have been doing that for the last however many months. You've got 13 other times this has happened that we should have been, you know, slowly drip feeding as we look back over the regenerations and it didn't happen. So I don't know if it's Chris Chibnall. I don't know if him playing his cards close to his chest or whether it's the BBC. I think it's very telling that as soon as the episode has gone out, almost an hour later, incoming showrunner Russell T Davies is already going, here's some information of when the next episodes will be coming out with David Tennant as the next Doctor. So maybe it does say to me it was a little bit of Chibnall just not wanting to play the game and the BBC not being able to do anything about it. Yeah, interesting. Well, it it definitely worked against it. and uh, But, you know, maybe on the uh, plus side, uh, I kind of went in with no expectations. And even though yes. the, the episode in many ways was a bit of a hot mess plot-wise, uh, there were lots of things that I quite enjoyed. And for me, this was all about the companions. Uh, I really enjoyed yes. seeing uh, like Ace in uh, action again, uh, Tegan mm-hmm. in action again. And, and it also makes me think that Russell T. Davis episode about uh, Sarah Jane, and f- it was the first time that we'd really thought about, oh, yeah, the companions are left behind and the Doctor yeah. goes off and has all these other adventures. That that flavour was all the way through this episode in, in interesting ways, I thought. Yeah, and I, you and I had had this discussion. I don't think we, we discussed it in 
our time discussing flux. But I had mentioned way back when, I think when we were talking about um, maybe what they were going to do for the 60th, mm. Uh, what I think they're officially calling the diamond anniversary because 60 sounds like an old thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that I was saying rather than a multi-doctor story, you could do a multi-companion story. Yes. You could have, you know, one from each decade and rather than and do the fan service with all the different doctors because you're probably not going to get Peter Capaldi or Matt Smith back. Um, so well, why not do a multi-companion story with the doctor? And that's how you treat that sort of celebration of what's come in the past. Um, so I really like this too, and including what was at the end, I thought that was just delightful. And like, take a leaf out of what uh, Marvel and Star Wars are doing. Most of all, the spin-off series like The Mandalorian and Boba Fett and Andor and Loki and She-Hulk in particular, if you've been watching that, is yes. all is all playing to the fan service and. When people are saying this show is great, it's because, you know, they mentioned a character from a comic book in 1970 or that was walking a background shot in one of the old films or something. Yeah. It's it's about time Doctor Who did that because yeah. it's, it's got 60 years of history it should be using. So it's almost surprising that it's taken this long for them to, to crack that code. But I'm glad they did because I too found that thoroughly enjoying. Yeah, I, I think there's... Uh... There's a lot of characters with quite a lot of potential. Like you know, uh, the 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 self help group <laughs> at the end for all of the uh, companions. Yes, what an fantastic. amazing idea! And and also and, and one and one of them is is um, is uh, Ian, yes. who was the 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 first arguably companion. Susan was already in there, but the two school teachers, Ian and Barbara were the first to come on board the TARDIS as, as outsiders. Yeah. And you've got from the first episode in November of 1963 to now the most recent episode that's gone to air in 2022, the same actor in both is a, is a wonderful bookend. Yes. And to see the lovely Katie Manning in there, a, a, a wonderful uh, uh, friend who um, I met doing uh, during Whovians. To yep. see her in there was was wonderful, and also to make use of old doctors as well, without having to worry about the fact that they don't look like they did in the eighties or 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 nineties in Paul McGann's case, although he still looks adorable. Oh yeah, he still looks great. Uh, I definitely want to talk about uh, the uh, the different doctors turning up, uh, but uh, you kind I of will hoping... point out though, of course, when you're looking at a roll call of companions. Uh, as fandom will often point out, still no Susan. It's just still, it's never Susan and it's still never Susan. I don't know why it is. I know that she was dropped off in future Earth right. um, in the 2100s, but still it's just like there's, there's surely a way. But I can see why it would. it might not stack up, but I don't think fans would care if she finally got to be seen. Is it well? She's a time lord, so she could have regenerated a number of times as well, yeah. right? Yeah, and yeah, also theoretically, sure. Yeah, and also, uh, so you could have a completely different actor playing. Are they worried that they would have to introduce, you know, a doctor's wife, and then, uh, you know, a doctor's children? I think it's like she's in, she should be in. I think it's twenty one fifty, and uh, so we're not there yet. And every other companion that was dropped off on earth 
has come was dropped back not in the future but in their timeline in the past so we could yeah. say anyone from 1963 onwards and they're living proof the actors are still alive but yes carol ann ford who played barbara is still alive and you know it's one of those things of like will we ever ever get someone doing susan the justice but most fans have given up on that, as I have started to. <laughs> yeah, I oh, know. May as well hang in there because uh, it'll it'll come up when you least expect it. That's yeah. uh, that's always my theory. The uh, I, I love the idea of unit being back in uh, mm-hmm. you know proper action. Uh, I, I've always liked that as a concept, and I liked the brigadier using old companions as uh, you know like a think tank and using yeah. them as expertise. Yeah, and, you know, I, I thought it was also quite a nice thing that I thought they'd maybe lean into a bit more heavily with the fact that it was Cybermen and we I'd have to look back and, and think about it properly, whether Kate Stewart has seen the Cybermen again since her dad was apparently converted into a Cyberman. Yeah. A Cyberman at the, the end of um, Peter Capaldi's first season. Um, so... That would have been quite chilling for her to see Cybermen again, but it, I just liked the idea that there they were again together. I'm still, I still feel like I would prefer that they were called Cyber Lords, like Time Lords, but I get yeah. the master bit. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, I'm still not quite sure how the regeneration part works of it, but I just think I just really need the suits, so it doesn't bother me too much. Oh yeah, the suits look great. Uh, I I like them as a concept as well. Yeah, and uh, also uh, one mm. of the other things about the uh, companions getting together is was was there a was there a possible bit of action with Graham and Ace? Yeah, uh, I'm not. I wasn't at the time sort of sure how Graham suddenly turned up in the volcano, and I was hoping to get that explained, but then it didn't. And, look, I haven't Googled how old Sophie Aldred is with Bradley Walsh, but, yeah, your fan brain kind of still sees Ace as being this young girl, so it kind yeah. of felt a bit weird. But but on camera, if, yeah, realistically, they probably are close to the same age or, or close enough that it's not a problem. Um, but that that's an interesting little pairing. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how, how hard people are going to be shipping for that, but, you know. If it's not the Doctor and Yaz, then uh, start your fanfic now for for Graham and Ace. Yeah, this was a uh, this was a very strong episode for uh, middle aged women. It's really uh, <laughs> going to town. Although I, I I've it. always loved the character of Tegan. I know yeah. Tegan sometimes gets short shrift because she was just so grumpy, but that's yeah. what I really enjoyed about her. That you know, her time in the TARDIS was just I want to get back to. My time, I've, I've got a plane to catch at Heathrow, yeah. and you're meant to know how to work this machine, and you can't get me back there, you stupid fool. Um, to the point where she, she, I don't know if any other companion has done this. I'd have to, like, off the top of my head, I can't think of it. But she left, she did the farewell episode, but then came back again and jumped on board the TARDIS again. I know we have a lot of companions coming and going now, but I'm yeah. talking about you have their farewell Thanks, Doctor. It's been a blast. And then, uh, as as you would expect, he drops in the wrong place, and then they catch up later on. And uh, but yeah, um, Janet Fielding 
the Tegan character came back on board the TARDIS in the Peter Davison era. So um, it's also really nice to see those elements being brought in with the companions being able to talk to the Doctor from their era. Yeah, I, I like that a lot as well. This was uh, very much, rather than a big story about this is why the universe has to be thankful that the Doctor exists, this was mm. more, uh, it felt like a, an episode where there was a lot of uh, tying off bows for mm. all of the characters. It, so it was Ace finally kind of coming to terms with why she left and what the Doctor meant to her. And, you know, the Peter yeah. Davidson Doctor with Tegan and the mention of Adric, you know, all of that was, I thought that yeah. was quite sweet and I liked it a lot. Because it's difficult. I mean, it worked with David Tennant and Sarah Jane Smith because David Tennant is a massive Doctor Who fan. So mm. when he sees Sarah Jane, it's he him as the super fan getting excited that he's getting to meet Elizabeth Sladen. Even in that first walk-on with, with um, the Doctor, Jodie's Doctor and um, Tegan and Ace, even though it was kind of a, a bit of a – the scene was written for it to be slightly awkward, it felt slightly, slightly awkward anyway. And I don't know that if I, I would have found it believable for her, for, for Jodie, the Doctor, to, to get into that sort of, yes, I know it's Cybermen and it's Adric and I'm sorry, I feel it too. I don't know that it would have felt the gravitas that we got when it's the Peter Davison doctor having that conversation. Yeah. Um, and so I thought, I thought that was a really, really great choice. And I, I don't care. Yeah. And it feels like maybe I wonder if there was a version where, because we did see Colin Baker's doctor, the sixth doctor, whether um, um, the character of Perry, one of yeah. his companions would have been in there. If there was a version where there was maybe the three of them, yeah, because uh, it feels like that was a, you know that that decision was there to have those doctors, but unfortunately we didn't get Colin to have one of those scenes with. Even though, although we did have Bonnie Langford playing Mel at the end, so um, maybe there was it just was too much and not necessary. But it was nice to get what we did with the actors who had played the Doctor for those eras. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, I wonder if there was the. Like there was so much going on in this story already, you know, and it's like it's like ten minutes in. It's like, sorry, Dan, we don't have enough room for you. Yeah, You're that leaving was really now. interesting. I because uh, the whole you know when he's got the bullet to the face and he's yeah. looking at that. I mean, they were very fortunate that when they're all hanging on to each other, you know, leg by leg, and then the doctor's anchoring, and then the Cybermen all go flying past, and none of them actually, all the Cybermen thankfully didn't collide with them on the yeah. way through. They all were courteous, courteous enough to go either side, so that was yes. helpful. But when he looked in that bullet hole, I went, oh, yes. Because that's the other thing. It's part of the lead-up. Yeah, of course, Dan's going to have to go and Yaz is going to have to go. Yeah. And we farewelled uh, Graham and Ryan. Interesting that we didn't see Tosin Cole, who, who played Ryan at all, a reference to him being in Patagonia, but but he wasn't around. Yeah, I'm guessing that's up. just... The actor's availability, struggling to yeah. ride a bike somewhere. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, like that's another one of those things that should have been a, a major source of discussion. Does everybody make it out alive or not? Um, but him saying goodbye in the start of the episode, I really liked. I liked that it was just Yaz and the Doctor and it made sense for him to just leave that way. And yeah. we've never really seen that before. So I, I, I liked that. I thought yeah. it worked. 
Yeah, I I like that character as well. I would have been happy to have a couple more seasons of Dan, but uh, mm. it it felt like he was a low key character, so it felt a correct way for him to leave. Yeah, I would have liked to see him maybe you know, on his way into the meeting, although we're sort of following Graham's point of view, but the meeting at the very end, if um, was it Diane, is that the woman he was dating? Yeah. Um, like we just see, I would have just liked to have seen her at some point to sort of acknowledge that, you know, they, I mean, obviously he's on his date and it's all going well or whether she was waiting when the TARDIS landed or something, but yeah. it would have been nice just to see her character again, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, uh, but um, yeah, I, I, I really applaud the decision to go, no, we're just going to write him out within the first five minutes. Yeah, uh, I've always liked the character of Vinda as well, and I'm not entirely certain why, because I'm not, like, we haven't really had that much to do with him, but I think the actor's pretty cool, and there's, yeah, there's something look, appealing think, about the character too. Yeah, I think uh, I think this sums up the whole episode, really, is that he was brought back, which was nice. He didn't really have a reason for coming back. I'm still not sure... Again, we are doing this having only watched it once under mm. a day where we're shuffling around a whole bunch of other things. So we will be doing a deeper dive on this at some point when we've had more of an opportunity to, to watch it and dissect it. But I wasn't quite sure why he was there, how he got there or, 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 or what he was needed for other than being in the episode. So uh, it feels to me that but I, but I was perfectly fine with him being there. Yeah. Um, and I like the fact that it was, you know, one of the more, I was hoping we might get Carvin Easter, our big dog guy as well, would have been nice. Yeah. Um, and again, to go, well, what was he going to do? I don't know. I don't care. I just really enjoyed his character. Yeah. Um, and it would be nice to think that it's a little nod to the fact that, well, he he is out there and could come back into the show. But there's so much of these things that were put in almost for the sake of putting them in. And in doing so... We still have no clue of any of the timeless child stuff or any yes. of the I, – I still don't even know how the guy that we affectionately called Hat on Whovians, the, yeah. the lone <laughs> Cyberman, who I thought had blown up, so how he came back wasn't explained. Well, he, it he, was a throwaway. He, it was a throwaway comment. He, yeah. I cloned him. He was like, I cloned him, but, yeah, you know, I did kill him once, but he was okay. And again, what he was actually, what his motivations were, were unclear. And he didn't even end up doing all that much. But I was happy to see him there because I really liked the character. So, you know, in some respects, I think like you were saying before, it was good that we didn't have any expectations because all these little surprises that came through, you know, like the the being on the whatever temporal plane that the doctor was on to see her past selves. I got so excited, especially by Paul McGann. And his line of, I don't do ropes. Yeah. It was just marvellous. I was was so excited because I didn't know that was coming. And any expectation for anything I I did have that didn't show up, well, I had sort of cast that aside anyway. So even when it was at the start, the Cybermen are here for the cargo. I was like, yeah, the, the master. They're here for the master, quite obviously. And it wasn't it was this small kid and I immediately went, Oh my God, it's the timeless child. And yeah. as it turns out, I don't think it was. No. And it and was a quarrel. Again, I would need 
whatever that is, a giant space anemone. But <laughs> even at that point when the doctor was saying, well, who's this? I don't know. And I thought, what do you mean? Aren't you sort of, isn't your thought the same as mine? Is it this timeless child? But I would need to watch it again to go, as far as I know, it wasn't even mentioned. No. The, those three words were not mentioned at all in, in the episode, as I recall. Yeah. Uh, I'm happy to be proven wrong, and I'm sure I will. But um, it just seemed that was a real pick up the biggest rug you can find and sweep it under. And when I have been rallying against this for so long, I don't care. I really don't care. It was fine. It was fun. I don't yeah. know what I don't, I don't know what the Daleks were doing. I don't care. I love the way Nicholas Briggs, who does the voice of the Daleks, can like when that first Dalek came up. Again, with a throwaway flipping line of, oh, transmission blocker override, here I am. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you're not meant to be able to do that in the TARDIS, especially the Daleks, but that's all right. Because I'm yeah. like, wait, what? Yeah. But as he's talking, you're like, oh, this is a different Dalek because he does a different voice inflection for, for each yeah. almost individual one. So, again, I'm not really sure what they were doing. Don't care. Great to have Daleks in there. Dalek Simon Master, great. So, you know, in many respects... Why was Vinda there? Who cares? Why was the Lone Cyberman there? Who cares? It was all just great fun. The, uh, I, I quite enjoyed the idea of a Dalek. That- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It had evolved past what everyone else was thinking. And and mm. part of my frustrations with Chibnall have been sometimes his best ideas are mentioned and moved on from before he's really explored them. And, uh, you know, I would actually quite enjoy four or five episodes of Imagine the Doctor with a Dalek as a companion. Mm. You know, yeah, like yeah. one one that's evolved and wants to do good and doesn't want to be a part of, you know, that Amada anymore. Because and... we've seen, we've, we've had rogue Daleks. We've had, there was uh, Rusty, I think it was, one of, yeah. you know, Capaldi's, um, in, in Capaldi's final episode. Um, then there was the Into the Dalek one that had the, you know, the, the Dalek that had moved again. You know, in the Daleks take Manhattan, there was all this, you know, the, or not, no, it wasn't the Daleks take Manhattan. I'm getting confused with the Angels take Manhattan. It was the one that was set in Manhattan with the yeah. Daleks. But, um, uh, yeah, we've seen Daleks like have break, their little breakaway groups. Yeah. Um, so I was a little, I was okay that we didn't dwell too much on it. 
Um, but I like the fact that he was all scarred up and stuff. Yeah. And you know, like it it's nice just a good idea. A more... yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, so, again, it's sort of a shame that um, we're not talking about all the wonderful things that, you know, the, the closure of Jody's character arc or, or any of those, oh, yeah. well, those I've, I've, elements. It's kind of all the add-ons that sort of made this episode what it was. Yeah. Well, I, will, I reckon let's finish on Jody. But the, one of the things, uh, there was a, you know, the master becoming the doctor. And I, I didn't quite understand what that was. Was that to ruin the name of the doctor? I don't even quite know yeah. what those planets were. But there was a point where he says, oh, this is my fam. And I immediately was like, that's what I want from the next master. I want the master to have his or her own companion. I want mm. him to have, you know, a team that's hanging out with him that kind of mirrors whoever the doctor is traveling with. I'm sure we I'm sure we talked about that in flux as to where we might be going. Like the idea of, you know, an Avengers Endgame type thing of the good guys on one side and the bad guys on the other. Yeah. Um so it would have been nice to see a little bit more of that. There was a whole bunch of wonderful references that the master was throwing around. The whole exchange with Tegan about um shrinking her auntie, um, yeah. which was yeah, the the very first um uh, episode that, that Tegan came into in, in the Gopolis, um, uh, which I think was the start of the master actually shrinking people too. Yeah. Um, right. and even Ace's reference to uh him looking like a cat, which was from the very last classic era story survival. All that little stuff was like great little back and forth. But if you if you understand it great, if you don't, never mind. Yeah. Um and uh all the lines from Sasha Dewan was was wonderful. I I walk such a fine line with him of are you going too over the top? Or, uh, or am I enjoying what you're doing? It's like he's in a different. He's he's playing a different uh, in a different show to everybody else. Yeah, but that's <laughs> but that's the character. And I was kind of thinking after the wonderful, incredible Michelle Gomez with Missy, we needed something more than a laid back, cool version of the master, which is what we usually get. Yeah, and she she played it wonderfully over the top her, herself. And he just went, well, I'll just out batshit crazy you. And so I guess that's what we kind of needed. But I feel like this version of the master is done now. I can't see Russell T Davies bringing anything from this era back at all. So I felt like I'm just going to enjoy what I assume is going to be the last performance of Sasha Dewan doing this. And I'll let him eat as much of the scenery as he wants because, my God, he did. Well, I have to say I laughed out loud at him defacing all of the famous paintings. I thought that was a pretty yes. funny moment. Although I think it was it made me laugh when they went through Kate Stewart's going through the slides of you know, the Mona Lisa and yeah. the scream and the this and the that. And they were and then she went back over them again and said all of them have been def- defaced with Rasputin's face. So I'm like no, we get we can see that. That is quite clearly yeah. from the very first image, not the Mona Lisa. Yeah. The most famous painting in the world. I think everyone understands that that is not the face that's meant to be there. But thank you for going back and like, hey, did you notice oh, no, this there, crazy-eyed bearded man there the whole time? There, there was a few things like that throughout <laughs> the episode where it was uh, telling us what we were looking at, which yeah. was making me laugh. Uh, How would you feel about the Boney M dance scene? I loved it. I, I thought it was hilarious. I loved it. 
I did not see it coming. And when it did, riotous laughter. And again, Sasha just lapped that up, just watching him. I could have watched them sit through the whole song. I will say, because uh, in all the publicity shots, they showed him with the beard and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, and, and if you uh, read Doctor Who magazine, which I do as well, you, there was a lot of uh, imagery in the previews to it. And I had looked at it going, well, he looks like Rasputin. I don't know if that's the idea, but but that's what he looks like to me. And when it was revealed that that's exactly who he was, I actually felt quite uncomfortable because the idea of Rasputin is one thing, but the actuality of Rasputin and who he was as an individual and, and what he did, which is really quite icky, um, I actually felt uncomfortable with the idea of, of course, the master is hideous and evil, so some of the hideous and evil things that Rasputin did matches up, but we still have a version of the master that he's he's evil to planet-destroying degrees, not to, you know, some of the things that Rasputin uh, has oh, yeah. done. So it was one of those things of like, oh, I need to I need to put that away in my head. Yeah. But Chibnall has done such a good job of making you aware of historical figures that I know he he wouldn't just flippantly say, "I oh, will make him Rasputin because that's an evil guy." I mean, uh, did we see him as Hitler before? I feel like maybe we did. Sasha do Andres as Hitler before? I feel maybe he did. Um, Anyway, um, that that took a bit of of getting used to, but the song made more than made up for it. I was, and especially with the Cyberman and the Dardic looking at each other, like, "What the hell's going on?" <laughs> yeah, no, I thought that was pretty fun. I actually did a talk on Rasputin in Year Eleven Modern European History and uh, finished it with Boney M's Rasputin, and uh, took great should. pleasure in talking about the mole on his cock. Yes, I'm not sure what they paid for that, but it was worth every cent. Yeah, <laughs> it was unbelievable. Uh, so it was interesting uh, for, you know, we, we should talk about Jodie Whittaker, uh, who I think is really good in this episode. I like seeing her face-to-face with her previous incarnations. I, By the way, while I think of it, it was great. It was the doctors that didn't get much of a run in the last anniversary, so that was quite nice. I was surprised yeah. that Tom Baker didn't uh, appear, but uh, Tom yeah, is Yeah, it's interesting. He, he is he's a lot older and, and oh, well, I wouldn't use the phrase unwell, but he's certainly not as physically able. He really can only work from home nowadays. Yeah. Um, and also he's, he's the one that always, uh, I guess he was in the 50th as well yeah. as the curator, so I think yeah. this... Uh, this is, and that's the reason why um, Colin and Peter and Sylvester and Paul all did the five-ish doctors, yeah, off offshoot um, sort of parody thing, which was incredible. So yeah. I guess it's get, getting those ones that didn't otherwise get to have their moment on the show um, got to got to have that. Um, and again, because this was also a celebration of a hundred years of the BBC, and that includes Doctor Who, so it's almost an anniversary special. And what a great way of bringing it in, using David Bradley as the first Doctor. Love it. Yeah. Um, and uh, and like you say, and no real need for a justification of why Colin Baker doesn't look anything like he used to. Um, but a lovely exchange between um, Tegan and 
yeah. Peter Davison's doctor when she says, oh, well, you look older. And he's like, well, look, look who's talking. Yeah. So, you know, great. Love it. Why not? Yeah, it was funny. Well, it, it, it kind of felt like it was a projection of where they were at as well. Yes. That's how I took it. And that's fine. I'm I, fine and I don't, know, I don't know if it was shot this way, but it felt to me like our hologram versions of the doctors were the actors were actually there in the scenes with each other. It wasn't yes. like it was shot somewhere else on green screen yes. and added in. It felt to me like those scenes, they were, and if it wasn't beautifully played, because it felt like all of those actors were sitting in the same place yeah. at the same time. Quick aside, it got really creepy when you still had Jody's hair, but you had Colin Baker's face and oh, the others yes. like morphing in and out of her hologram self, yeah. which again, I don't understand. Yeah. Um, that part didn't make sense, but again, I didn't care. Um, but that was the only part where it got a bit weird. <laughs> yeah. Particularly Colin's face coming up with the Jody Bob. Did, my eyes didn't like that. <laughs> no, it's like, no more of that, please. Uh, I, I, I really enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed whatever that creature was. I liked it as, a, as an idea. I liked mm. the cyber planet. It was seemed like a cross between... Uh, the Death Star and in the comics, Jack Kirby's Fourth World Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. It felt like a, a, a nice amalgamation of that. I would have liked, I would have preferred that it didn't get destroyed. I would like to to have been sent off somewhere and was a base or something mm-hmm. like that. But uh, the, the thing that I found uh, particularly touching in this was that for. One of the strengths of Jodie Whittaker's Doctor is is that she's been all about the beauty of the universe and always choosing to look at the things that are beautiful as well, uh, and which was very much a reaction to her previous incarnations. And to have her get taken out by the creature that she was saving felt just perfect to me. Yeah, yeah, I th- I think very fitting too because it's always that question um my daughter has been uh not looking forward to jody's regeneration she likes the idea of of a female doctor and knows that we now are not moving towards uh, that um so one day she was asking me speculating on on how jody might have might regenerate and to do that, she said, how did everybody else regenerate? And I'm like, well, the first one just got old. The second one um, uh, forced, forced to, to. Yeah. Uh, giant spiders uh, falling off a tower, blah, 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 blah. And a lot of radiation for most of them of various kinds. So, again, you know, that's one of your big things is, yeah, how, how does it happen? How does it actually happen? Uh, and can you do it in a new and creative way when you've got Daleks and Cybermen and the Master in the mix? And it turns out, yes, you can. Yes, you can, because none of them really had anything to do with it. Yeah, and uh, I also I also thought it was uh, it was a nice, gentle way because a lot of the uh, regenerations have been so dramatic and mm-hmm. so you know kind of muscular or falling from the sky or suddenly and violent. And this one. I, I like that it was gentle. She went and had the ice cream. I actually thought we that was had, the what well, now that was my question. Would you what would be your ice cream? It was the last ice cream you're ever gonna have. Uh, I would definitely go hazelnut gelato. Mm. Right. Yeah. I like but, I, I if I can only have one scoop, yeah. I would probably go chop chip. Yeah. Fuck, it's a tough That's question. It. It's a very tough. <laughs> it's a very tough. I normally like a good zesty, fruity flavor. Yeah, but I'm not for my last one. A, 
but not for your last one. No, I want it to be delicious um, and rich. And great to see after multiple generations, more importantly in, in the modern era, that the Doctor has finally, finally worked out, just do it outside. Do it outside. You don't have to, then you don't have to do the Renaults. You don't have to fix your TARDIS. You can actually, you know what, keep using it. You won't fall out of the sky like we almost did from David Tennant to Matt Smith. You know, your TARDIS will be fine and not blown up. Just do it outside, mate. Genius. Well, that's Can't what I lo- took you this long. Oh, that's what I loved was the, you know, I loved that uh, that final scene of sitting on the top of the TARDIS with Yaz eating ice cream, looking at the planet Earth was my favourite shot of the last uh, uh, episode. But then also, um, you know, she still had a lot of life in her and she wasn't ready to go, but she accepted it very quickly and she did it on her terms. And she was all, she was in the end, even though she exhibited all this kindness and, and uh, wanted to embrace this beauty in the world, she still was closed off and it made sense that mm. she would just go and do it by herself and she went off to see that last sunset and I thought all of that was really dignified. I, I thought it was a I thought it was a really yeah. great it's actually one of my favorite regenerations. Yeah, I liked it too. I like it. Uh we've had a couple of, you know, David Tennant gets mocked for the I don't want to go, but I actually really like that. I like the idea of well, you know, do not go gentle into this good night. Um but also the idea of trying to flee it like Capaldi did, the idea that I, I accept it like, you know, a person with a, a, a an illness, you know, yeah. um, to sit there thinking, all right, if you, how many of us would like to know when our time is up? It's not like, you know, being, you know, struck down instantaneously, but that idea of, okay, you know how long you've got, what would you do? How would you, how would you, um, celebrate it? How would you commemorate it? How would you enjoy your final moments? And to go the simplicity of let's have ice cream, have a look at the planet, then I'll go be by myself, sunset on a cliff top, you know, by the ocean, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. Um, you know, what a, what a, I think a lovely way to do it. And I, I will need again to have the rewatch because you sit there on the edge of your seat going final words, final words, final speech, here they come. And it was it wasn't too much. We didn't it wasn't a whole, you know, Matt Smith five minute walking around the TARDIS piece or anything like that. Um and again, she wasn't having to explain anything to anybody else, which has been done before of about what's about to happen, don't freak out. It was just her alone. And I love the sentiment of, wow, I wish I was around to see what happens next and who yeah. I turn into next. Because that's kind of like the I don't want to go, but it makes it uh, it has that lovely Jody positive spin yeah. on it. Tag you you're know? it. And tag you're it. Well, yeah. you know, I wasn't sure about that. But I was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, why not? It's again, it's fun. It's not, you know, it's not deep and meaningful or anything like that. And then uh, did you see it coming? Did you know it was coming? Well, I'd heard rumours and that was disappointing because I'd heard the rumours that it was going to be uh, – David Tennant, uh, and but I called my mum. I got mum to watch it, and mm. uh, she had no idea about the rumours, and she was gobsmacked. Like, it really yes. hit hard. So for anyone who didn't know the rumours, I reckon 
it was fantastic. Yeah, it would have. And it was it still be, good. It was still good because, again, I didn't think we were going to get anything. I really, yeah. it had only just sort of dawned on me in the last couple of weeks. Well, who says that we see it? Who 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 says? They, they did a screening last week in, in the UK. As far as I know, they didn't have that. We have yeah. been privy to preview screenings of regeneration episodes before with Whovians and they don't give you the regeneration scene. Yeah. Um, so there was part of me going, just maybe there isn't one. Um, but I, uh, I didn't mind the clothes regenerating. I think there's a, I know a couple of people who that didn't sit right with them, but it happened the very first time from William Hartnell to Patrick Trout and the clothes changed as well. So yeah. I actually didn't mind that. And it may be explained, probably not, but that didn't bother me as I think it bothered other people. Um, and I really like the line of, oh, I, I recognise these teeth because David Tennant's yeah. new teeth line is is classic. So this is, uh, which also says to me, well, it's somehow that same, it's the same. Now the question becomes, well, who, who is this version of the Doctor? Is yeah. are we? Yeah, is it a going backwards thing? Is it a, you know, for lovers of head counts, does the regeneration into the master count as a regeneration and then back into Jodie Whittaker a second time count as right. another regeneration? Um, so we've had two versions of Jodie Whittaker and this will be technically our third of David Tennant. Yeah. So, you know, let the internet explode with that. But, um, yeah, the thought that, well, it might be Shudi Gatwa or it might be David. T- oh, I knew it wasn't going to be Shudi Gatwa, but, um, but whether we uh, – that was a possibility and that maybe these adventures that we know uh, David's Doctor and the Donna Noble character will be doing possibly were a side story. Now seems like, no, it's a continuation of where we are. So, you know, it seems like, you know, he'll only be around for a short time and then – and then we get Shruti Gatwa. So this is going to be a very interesting time to see what happens next. But I really like the way it was handled. I think anyone with half a brain, if they thought it was going to be David Tennant, knew that those lines, what, 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 were coming. Yeah. <laughs> um, and again, all fine with me. I really liked the way it was done. And even I would have loved for it to have been a surprise. I, I, I don't know how I would have reacted. I look forward to seeing all the fan reaction videos on TikTok and everywhere else. Um, but, uh, yeah, again, satisfying ending. There are so many different questions I will have, uh, answers that will never, ever come in the history of Doctor Who, I'm sure. And in some respects, for all the timeless children of it all, well, if it's never explained, I don't have to get mad at it and it can just be erased from canon because it kind of never really was explained which sort of says to me that probably it was just a whole bunch of bullshit the master made up which is where i sit so i finish this episode and the run of jody whittaker and chris jibnall a very happy fan yeah yeah <laughs> it's uh as we said at the start it was a little bit messy it kind of didn't make sense uh but it's also easy to be a grump about this show and you know, it's Jodie Whittaker's last episode. Why be a grump? Just enjoy it yeah. for what it is. Chris Chibnall, you know, I, I enjoyed the majority of the Flux storyline. and Yeah, uh, we loved it, yeah. Yeah, and there was still enough in this that it made me pretty happy while I was watching it. And as I said, 
possibly, you know, it's 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 we've only just watched it today, so it's too early to really know. But uh, at the moment, it feels like one of my favorite regenerations because it was. Yeah, so it's one lovely. of those things on a, on a on a on a first watch. You're you're starting with okay, where are we? What's going to happen as we set this up? And then you kind of get into the point of, uh, you know, all these beats that are happening with characters coming in. You're waiting for, you know, I remember at one point thinking, oh, there should be a, a reveal soon. We're going to, something should happen soon because then it, basically there needs to be a surprise. This whole thing has been kept secret and it must be because they've got something up their sleeve. As it turns out, it was seeing old doctors. So that's kind of come in your right, right. Your brain's going, we're at the halfway point now. Okay, okay, well, what's going to happen? And then you start getting to the point of, right, now I need to sit and pay attention because almost every scene is important now. We're about to let you lose Yaz. Then the doctor's going to regenerate. How's that going to happen? So you're really sort of ticking all the boxes on your list as we go through. And then you kind of get to the end. You're like, cool, great, that was done. Now I get to go back and just enjoy it and just yeah. let it wash over me. I don't have to sit there concentrating too hard and and um, waiting for every shoe to fall. Now I can just go, right, watch it again, enjoy it, the bits that you like, enjoy them again, the bits that you didn't, well, you know where they're going now and you can just toss them aside. And I think the more I watch this, the more I will enjoy it. Yeah. I think so too. Well, we'll uh, we'll do a catch up in a, in a, in a few weeks, and uh, maybe yeah. we can hypothesize on where it might be going and uh, and what we would like to see as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, through the uh, Facebook page, through Big Squid, or either of our various social media accounts, I would love for people to let us. I know a lot of our. Whovians fans um, have let it be known how, how they thought, what they thought. But I would love to hear from also, you know, the big squid community and anyone who watched it. What did you think, and what what they might like us to get into next time to sort of hear what they thought as well. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Especially uh, the big squid Facebook private page. Uh, they're mm. uh, they're active there, so uh, throw some topics our way and we'll uh, discuss them yeah. next time. Uh, Rove, always great to catch up with you and uh, thanks for doing this emergency Big Squid podcast. Beyonce stole all my moves. Thank you to Rove McManus for swinging by at the last second to record this podcast with me. Uh, always great to talk to Rove and we will do something uh, a little bit more in depth in the next couple of weeks. Uh, if you're on the Facebook message boards, uh, please uh, write down some suggestions of things you'd like to, us to tackle. And also, uh, why don't you share with us your theories on what's going on with Doctor Who as well? And that goes for the Patreon page as well. Maybe you might... Uh, if you're on the Patreon and you uh, would like to share your thoughts with us, uh, put them in, I'll collate them, and then as soon as Rove and I can find some time, we will tackle those for you. I have some ideas on where I would like to see it go as well, so uh, I would be totally up for that chat. Uh, 
this podcast wasn't meant to happen, uh, so it is being squeezed in, uh, in in a pretty big week, actually. So tomorrow slash today, depending on when you hear this, I have the Total Reboot boys, Cam and Alexi, on talking about their new YouTube series, Finding Geezers. And then on Thursday, I have the interview with Nick Stoller, who just directed the movie Bros. And then on Friday, I'm at the Comedy Store. Uh, so that's the 28th of October, this Friday at 7pm. If you'd like to come along and you're in Sydney, please use the Big Squid Code podcast and that will get you money off your uh, ticket prices. So please use that. I had another quote in mind for the finale, but then I was uh, looking around doing a little bit of research while I had a spare bit of time and I saw that Chris Alcock had written on Den of Geek that the comment from the Doctor, uh, Blossomius Blossom, uh, it might be a reference to Dennis Potter. Now, Dennis Potter was uh, a writer who had a huge influence on me as a young boy. I saw The Singing Detective. I'd never seen anything like it before and it just blew my mind it just opened up my imagination and uh, showed me that there were different ways that you could tell stories and if anyone saw my John Tilde Animus shows uh, that was me very much channeling my inner Dennis Potter and so uh, this is a quote taken from an interview with Dennis Potter uh, as he reflected on his advancing cancer and his approaching death. And I thought maybe this would be a sweet way to go out. Dennis Potter said, while discussing the blooming tree outside his window, I see it as the widest, frothiest, blossomest blossom that there ever could be, and I can see it. Things are both more trivial than they ever were, and more important than they ever were, and the difference between the trivial and the important doesn't seem to matter. That just adds a little extra touch of beauty. And for whatever issues I had with some of the storytelling, the fact that Chibnall has pulled that out and given us this moment, it's all worthwhile to me. Until then. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop 
dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.